Welcome to Freed Up. This is the podcast space where life feels lighter. You know, sometimes life can have us feeling worn out and weighed down, locked up and left out, or just simply looking for more. And if that sounds like you, then you are in the right place. You can live freed up and not fed up. Today, my guest is our freed up friend, Mike, who is going to share his personal story, his own reflection on his freed up journey. Mike is a man of God. He is an inspiring leader. He faithfully and passionately serves the youth in his community. And our conversation is so real and so raw. Mike's sharing is so rich. And many of you are going to find it relatable and relevant. And so the only thing left to say is just listen. I want to say hello to you, Mike. Thank you for joining the Freed Up Podcast. Hey, hey, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is a topic that ends up having a lot of impact on people, either one way or the other. So sometimes when people hear about it, they tend to shut down. They don't want to talk about it. That's the stigma part of it, right? Um, and then there are some people who really perk up to listen because they want to have as much information as possible to really help with some of the challenges they're facing. So um, talk to us a little bit about what, about mental health, this topic is important to you, and, and why should we be talking about this? Great question. I, I just think it's something that um, it's like an invisible, you know, killer, right, uh, of people, I, especially African American men in general, that we've never taken the time, either because you know we are considered to be the tough person, we're considered to be uh, the prideful individual. Uh, that I don't need help. And we kind of camouflage it in a way mm. so that we think it, it's, it's, I have a different issue. It can be mental health because I'm too tough for that. Uh, I'm too proud for that. Um, it must be something else. Uh, let me go pray. Let me go ahead and do something else to, to rectify mm. this issue. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of times it's, it's, it's generational. And um, I think the, the more that we don't address it, the more that it festers, mm-hmm. it takes different forms and it's going to come out and it's going to come out in different ways. But if we never address the source of it and always address the symptoms, uh, we never really get to the cure. And so I think it's so important to do that work, mm-hmm. uh, to break down that stigma that, yes, you know, I am a human being. I am vulnerable. Um, I do need help, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so I can allow myself the grace to get to the root. Mm. And so when you get to the root, now you can start to heal. You can start the treatment. You can do the things that you need to do and address the things that need to be addressed. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that you said, it's generational. I want to visit that for a second. Mm-hmm. Um Talk a little bit about what that means to you when you say it's generational and yeah. how does that really affect men and African-American men in particular? Yeah, no, definitely. So, you know, growing up, you know, I, I didn't have a, a strong relationship with my father. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't really know a lot about him. 
outside of literally him living maybe like two blocks away, right, from where I grew up. And I've always said to myself when people ask me, man, what's up with your dad? Or you got a, you got a relationship with your dad? I'm like, no, nah, I'm not tripping. No, nah, you know, it is what it is. I, I can't miss uh, what I never had. Mm-hmm. And that was my way of deflecting um, and not digging in and understanding what's the real story behind uh, my feelings around my father and him not being in my life and how that affected other relationships I had not even really knowing because I didn't do the work to really analyze that. And so, uh, you know, looking at my father and understanding uh, the lack of relationship, uh, you know, that was just my way, like I said, of deflecting and saying, I never really, I can't miss what I never had. And and I really realized after really digging into it, that was a lie. I was lying to myself. Mm -hmm. It was coming out in so many different ways that because I didn't have a relationship with my father, it was hard for me to trust. It was hard for me to bond with somebody who looked like me. Um, and so uh, I, I saw it manifest in a lot of different ways. And But I didn't know really how to address it because you know, my go-to was like, well, I don't miss this dude. That guy made a choice not to be in my life. And I had this bitterness and I had this anxiety that every time his name came up, um, I would think about the negativity around that relationship, mm-hmm. uh, the rejection that was there. Um, and I think for me, at least, you know, you start as human beings, you always try to find resolution. You always try to find an answer. You try to find some way to connect the dots, even when you don't have the data to do so. And so a lot of time you start to assume. So I, I assumed that dad felt a certain way or didn't feel a certain way, or didn't love me, or or rejected me for whatever reason, or I did something to deserve this. So all these things start to spin uh, to allow you to connect these dots. And so when you don't address it, those things fester, those things grow and multiply. And so these healthy relationships you try to form, mm-hmm. it's hard to do because self-consciously, you've already beat yourself up. You've already talked yourself down. You've already uh, spoke, you know, death into your own existence. Mm. Uh, that may probably wasn't true to begin with, but but you had to find some logical thing in your brain to say, this person rejected me because of something I did. And it had to be something. So let me mm. figure out what it is. Mm. And so I think it's so important to break that stuff down, because like I said, that stuff can just grow like a weed and just choke out the life out of you personally, your relationship with God, your relationship with other people, especially other men that look mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you, you shared a few things that were that evolved and came out of that experience with your dad. So you talked about bitterness and anxiety and then the lack of trust. And so. Would you say then that that experience um, from your childhood and not having a relationship with your father in a meaningful way, do you think that that is or was a significant impact on your mental health throughout your lifetime? I do. I do. I, 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 no, no question. Um, it, you know, I, I, it was hard for me to deal with, with stress. It was hard for me to see myself in a positive light, even though I had. Uh, you know, other father figures like my uncle 
it's always just a innate beacon in your soul, in your spirit to be connected to your father. Even though I knew that was my uncle and my uncle did a great job in being a father figure and a great example for me as a mentor, mm-hmm. but it still wasn't my dad. It still wasn't that beacon that constantly was going off and saying, hey, you need to find reconciliation with your father. You need to get again to that source mm-hmm. of this anger and this frustration. My, my uncle couldn't couldn't do that for me, right? And so um, that mentally, I, and I didn't know what it was <laughs> until later. And, and so I've all, like I said, I camouflaged it. Uh, it's not a big issue. Uh, I'm bigger than that. He rejected me. So I didn't understand until I really got help. And I started to really understand to kind of unpack this stuff that a lot of that was something that was related to my father or or the relationship I didn't have with my father. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it came out in different ways. So I didn't even know it until I got help. And then I was able to frame it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was able, once I was able to frame it, then I can you know put a treatment plan together uh, to work through it. And so when I was able to, when the light came on and see how deep it was um, and I could frame it and understand what it was and make sense out of it, mm-hmm. then that was the first day of my healing. That was the first day that I was free. Not to say I didn't have to do the work. I still had to do the work, but just reconciling and being able to realize this is what it is and this is what it's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before that time, I'm just struggling. Right. I'm just angry. I'm, I'm not trusting this person. I'm like, this dude, I don't even know this guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of defensive. I'm feeling a certain way, not letting people in. And I don't, you know, they didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And so that I, I would say that was one of the biggest um, assessments of myself in regards to needing mental health, understanding how it was starting to affect me mm-hmm. uh, as a young man, as a young adult. Um, as a father myself. So a lot of those things from a generational standpoint, I started to see reflected in my own relationship with my daughter. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm like, man, where is this coming from? And so seeing and understanding again, the source of it, that allowed me to heal. That allowed me to put, you know, some understanding behind my my struggle. Um, And then the stigma around it, you know, was able to deal with that as well once you kind of frame it properly. Mm-hmm. This is not something that uh, you're by yourself to deal with. Yeah, it's something that a lot of folks deal with. Uh, you're just human. You're just a human, right? You've yeah. been through trauma, and part of your trauma connected to your father. Yeah. Um. So that that I was able to give myself grace at that point. Mm-hmm. I was able to to forgive some things that allowed me to heal. Yeah, I mean, um, there's a couple of things you said. One, I I really appreciate you saying that you gave yourself grace because I think that's one of the things that so many of us struggle with when it comes to realizing and recognizing that we have these issues from our past and they are related to something, generally speaking, that's happened to us. It's not that it's something wrong with us, but it's something that has happened to us that God wants to heal in us. So I think it's so important to give ourselves grace and to have compassion for ourselves. The same thing that we would give somebody else who was going through a similar thing. We need to extend that to ourselves. And that is actually um, a mental health healing strategy. But I want to ask you, so what was pivotal for you? Like, at what point did you say, this can't go on anymore? 
this has got to heal. We've got to get to the root of it. So what happened that made that pivotal for you? Um, I think, you know, when I was going through and um, really trying to formulate a relationship with my daughter, uh, and part of it was comparing what I went through with my dad with what I was trying to give to my daughter. And, and it wasn't connecting, right? So I, I was saying, well, I'm going to do something totally different. The thing that I got from my dad is, hey, I know what not to do, right? I've always heard that and, and I just understood that. So I use it as a model to make sure I kind of gave that to my daughter. But in that process, um, I still wasn't happy. I still uh, felt sad. I still wasn't connected like I thought I should be connected with my daughter. And, um, and being able to share that experience with other men, um, and I always push people away. When I took inventory of where I was in my life, I was by myself. And it wasn't by chance. It was something that I deliberately did. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a plan. It's just like when you're going through this hurt and you're going through this pain, and you take a breath and you look around and say, man, nobody's here. And you and then you, and you start to understand the words that you would say or the messages that you would give people or some people just saying, hey, do you know you just did this? And then you stop and you look and like, wow, did I do all that? Mm-hmm. Where did this come from? That's not even me. Yeah. Uh, but that was just my hurt and my way of trying to deal with this hurt and the embarrassment of the hurt. Uh, having being prideful, not being able to open up to somebody because I didn't trust, because I felt like I couldn't trust this guy over here, i.e. my dad. How can I trust you? If I can't trust my mother, how can I trust this woman? So it, it was just this generational element that I just passed from one to the other to the point where I felt like, again, I was by myself. And that was a place where I didn't want to be. Mm. Um, so when I started to really say, okay, I, I got to address this. I got to be able to understand more about what it is I'm dealing with, this anxiety that I have, um, and, and be able to find some type of cure, some type of treatment. And so I think the biggest thing that happened for me is when I had opportunity to reconcile with my father before he passed, um, I was able to understand that he wasn't perfect. Mm-hmm. I was able to understand that that the things he shared with me about his own challenges, his own demons made me start to understand that, Hey, you know what? It's not me that he was angry with. It's not me that he rejected. Yeah. It was, he was rejecting himself. He was, he was fighting these demons as an imperfect person who had his own trauma mm-hmm. and his own mental health issues. And he did the best he could. Yeah. As my father, based on the tools and resources that he had available. Once I understood that, mm-hmm. then that helped me kind of heal and understand um, it wasn't just, it wasn't me, right? It, it was this guy doing his own thing. So let me give him grace like I'm giving myself grace, like God gives us grace. So if you live in that spirit of grace and mercy, that is, I think, the foundational you know, pillar that allows us uh, to heal, right? That allows us to be able to look in the mirror, to allow us to hug ourselves, to allow us to say, I need help um, because we all need it. And 
obviously God gave it to us. I got to give it to myself. I got to give it to my dad. I got to give it to my mom. I got to give it to my daughter. Uh, And so that's kind of, I think, understanding that relationship and that connection with faith and, and mercy and grace allowed me to heal, allowed me to see with a different different lens about what my dad represented uh, to me uh, rather than against me. And so now I can frame it properly to allow me to get help to not even blame myself and to really take accountability now um, to this whole evolution that I was seeing. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, the the themes that you talked about as far as the faith aspect, because I think sometimes, you know, this podcast is where faith and mental health meet. And so in some settings, we're just talking about mental health strategies. And in some settings, we're talking about faith. But I believe that the impact comes from when we merge those together because we are body, soul, mind, and spirit. So you talked about grace and mercy and forgiveness and all these themes are rooted in love at the root of them, that it requires us to love people as God called us to love them. And so it sounds like that you had that experience uh, and really just that Holy Spirit awareness at some point. It's like in your journey that God said, this is time. And that in and of itself is love. It's love for you and love for the opportunity to, you know, have given you a different path. So um, was there anything else in, from a faith aspect that you think really helped you through that time? Um, no, I just think that was the, the biggest thing. I, I really do. I just think it when I came to a point of, because I always had a relationship with God from, from the beginning you know, knowing that he was with me through this process, mm-hmm. wasn't by myself, even though I felt like I was literally by myself because I, you know, alienated myself from different people. I still knew God was there. Uh, I still felt his presence. Mm-hmm. And so that was a warming feeling, of course. So he's always talking to us in our spirit. It's just that, are you willing to listen as he's talking? And so I wasn't listening because I was I was drowning out his his energy, his warmth with my coldness that was generational. Right? It was coming from different angles where I felt like I couldn't see God. And sometimes I even feel like I deserve to have that warmth around around me based mm-hmm. on his love because I was blaming myself for all the things that were happening around people that, quote unquote, were to love me, right? They're supposed to love me. Uh, and I felt like because of, the, again, this mental health scenario, I did not really understand how to reframe it. So now I can actually see it for what it is and then start to understand where God's place is in that equation for myself. And so from there, seeing that light and seeing that relationship with God, uh, then I'm able to see the other things that are around me. So when I can't, when that's severed, it's hard for me to see my dad in a different light. When I when I didn't understand this this mercy and grace he gave me every day, mm-hmm. I couldn't I couldn't give that to my dad. I couldn't give that to mom. I couldn't give that to the next person. I couldn't give that to my daughter. So when I was able to reconnect there with God first, knowing that He's there, uh, knowing that He's always going to be, you know, just just my man, that's that's my guy, right? And knowing that he's not going to leave me or forsaken me, that allowed me to open up uh, to be able to begin to have this journey and have these conversations with with people like my father. 
and and uh, to go through that experience and have the courage, really, right, to give, give you the courage to fight through that doubt, to 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 lay down the anger and and, and have that be replaced with forgiveness. Yeah. Um, that I forgive you. When we talk about that with people that I talk to, that that I coach and that I mentor, just the power of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. You're freeing yourself. Because that allow that's like gasoline to the fire, right? If you can't forgive, uh, it's constantly going to burn into your soul mm. um, and into your mind, into the mental health scenario. I think it all goes hand in hand, um, especially when not getting help. You're too proud to get the help. Um, yeah, so 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 very good, so good. And and actually, I think you just kind of segue into um, the next question that I want to ask you about is. You know, why is it important for a man to talk to a man about their mental health? Um, you know, we have this podcast and a lot of women therapists have come on and I said, no, for this series, I need men on to talk to men because I know that's important. But why do you think that's important for a man to talk to a man about him you know, in general? Absolutely. I think it's, I think you talk about alignment, right? Alignment, I'm very big on that and what that really means and and be able to connect with people that are going through what you're going through. Uh, be able to see people uh, that look like you, talk like you, have the same standards maybe that you do. It's just more meaningful, more authentic in having conversations with those people that get it. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's being in a, such a sacred place as mental health, especially for black men, th- that connection point is, is, is vital. Is super important um, because it's hard enough just to say, hey, I need help. It's yeah. hard enough to say, you know what, I'm vulnerable. I'm, I'm weak here. And for me to trust another man in that space, that's pretty hard to do. Um, and so you start to add different layers of identity to a black man who may be an athlete and da, da, da. The, the levels and thickness of the wall just get greater and bigger. Mm-hmm. Right. So. So knowing that it's it's it, I think it works to the opposite where if I can connect with somebody that has the same things to lose, who's processing the mm-hmm. same battles I'm processing, mm-hmm. maybe my walls can come down, you know, faster, or or I'm, I may be more willing to do so because this guy did it first, and he mm-hmm. comes from where I came from. He looks like what I look like. He he's fighting the same fight every day when he wakes up. Um, that look that looks just like me. So it gives me the courage again to say, okay, I, I can do this versus somebody else that doesn't look like me. So, or, or doesn't, can't really appreciate the words that I'm saying or the feelings that I wake up with. Uh, so I think that's really the biggest connection point because this is really sacred stuff. This is really private. Mm-hmm. It, it goes to the core yeah. about who you are and how you're positioned in this society as a black man and and how because you, you've got to get to the underbelly to be able to get healing and so how do you get there uh it's not so you can't get there with a woman at all uh but to your point i just think that the connection point is more genuine and authentic mm-hmm. uh in that space yeah and i know in your role is coach and mentor and a leader in the community, um, you get a chance to do that quite a bit. So um, so it's cool to see that happening, that men get to see other men, number one, and that they get to see other men talking about their own mental health. 
Um, and hopefully that continues to grow. And I hope based upon this podcast with the men that are out there listening, that they feel encouraged to do that. Um, one thing I didn't ask you, because you talked about the faith aspect as being a part that got you through. Was there anything that you did, um, practically speaking, um, did you seek out services for some of what you were struggling with? How did that look for you? I think and this is years after my father passed away. So um, when I was able to connect with my father and, and we got to the point where we got to forgiveness uh, in our relationship. And I'll just tell you real, real quickly how that went down. And then I'll talk about kind of where I went from there. So I didn't see my dad for probably about almost 20, 30 years of my life after I graduated from Berkeley. Um, and it, before uh, my college experience, I remember uh, him coming over every so often, maybe about four or five times, you know, that he's, I, I saw him before I even got to college. And then, so my value system around my father was more of, he identified with me because of what I could do in regards to being a student athlete and uh, being an athlete first and student second, that's where I think he saw value in me. Mm. Uh, so me having that beacon that wanted to be loved by my dad, um, you know, I gravitated to that. Like, okay, this is my connection point. My father, I'm going to be the best athlete I can be. Mm-hmm. Um, not just knowing just innately that you want to please your parents. You want to yeah. be loved by your parents. That's just part of their DNA. Yeah. And so even though I didn't know him, I wanted to still please him, right? I still wanted him to love me and be proud of me from that perspective. So when I quit or IE retired um, and went on to grad school, I no longer saw my father. He was going, didn't see him for years thereafter. So when, it, when we actually reconnected, I had all this bitterness mm-hmm. and uh, anger and resentment that festered for years. And it spilled over, like I said, in other relationships. Mm-hmm. Didn't know why. Until later, I can identify why I did this and treated that person that way, treated myself a certain way mm-hmm. is because of those years of bitterness and trying to deal with that and anger and frustration and confusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, long story short, uh, he calls my mother and says, hey, I'm trying to find Mike. Can I talk to him? Uh, he said, well, I can pass on the info to him. So mom calls me. I said, sure, you can give me give, give him the number. Uh, I had no problem talking to him. And I remember uh, his assistant called me, uh, not him, but his assistant. I said, hey, this is uh, such and such, uh, work for your dad, and uh, he wants to schedule a meeting with you. And I said, you know, all due respect, uh, if he wants to talk to me, right, he can give me a call directly. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not a business transaction, so now I'm really heated, I'm hot. <laughs> and so long story short, he hits me up, we talk on the phone, arrange a time to speak. I, I fly back home to see him, knock on the door and doesn't answer. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm like, okay, now you told me to come here and I'm knocking on the door and you ain't there. I'm, like, I'm, I'm kind of, okay, I'm about to go. Next day, I come back, knock on the door again, right? Same thing. Third time, I'm knocking on the door, same thing. I'm like, I'm out. I'm not doing this again. Now I'm reliving all the stuff that I went through prior, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So now, <laughs> so I see my cousin, I'm about to get on the plane to go back home. And my cousin said, hey, you see your dad? I said, yeah, I tried to hit him, hit him up three times. He never answered. He said, just do that one more time for me, cuz. Just go do that for me. All right. I said, all right, cousin, I'm going to do it. Knock on the door, same thing, about to leave. 
And I hear him stumbling, somebody stumbling at the door. He's like, hello, hello. And I said, it's Mike. He said, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> he opens up the door and he's in a wheelchair. It's like those chairs, elevator chairs that kind of take you down and it kind of like pivots and, and faces the front door. And he said to me, he said, well, it takes me time to get from the second level to the first level. Mm. Um, so I would leave too early mm. and I would bounce. And so what I was feeling, my point around that, was I was feeling all this anxiety, I was making all this stuff up in my brain yeah. about him, uh, you know, rejecting me again, yeah. hating me for whatever reason, right? And so all that festered in me. And so all these things I rehearsed in my mm-hmm. brain, I couldn't mm-hmm. say. All I can do was hug this dude. So that was where I think my faith in that spirit kind mm-hmm. of like just trumped everything and said, give your father a hug, right? right? Forgive your dad. And so I was able to do that. I'm teared up. He's teared up. And I'm excited now that I get my father back. Mm-hmm. Right? But then 30 days later, he passed away. Wow. Going, right? But what I remember, and I tell my students, he already gave me a gift that was manifest by our God, my relationship with, you know, Father God, to forgive him. Mm-hmm. I was here. And that freed me <laughs> in <laughs> such a way that I can't even explain. I mean, I can't explain any better, but I mean, that freed me up to be able to love on somebody else, to love on my daughter even more, mm-hmm. uh, to love on the next man even more with a spirit of forgiveness, with a spirit of gratitude and mercy and grace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I want to kind of just tell you kind of that piece of it. So you, you have a backdrop about how that manifests. And then from there, I'm able to see relationships so much differently in regards to who I mentor um, and making sure they can manifest those things uh, in their life Uh, because it it, it will eat you away. Uh, And and, and so even when I had that and I had that experience, I still needed to go get professional help Mm -hmm. because the the residual damage was already there for those years. And I didn't know that either. Yeah, that's why I was saying. So it's really it, it's it's not just the surface level. It, it it really pours down into your foundation if you let it. And a lot of times we don't know it, especially as black men. We we're basically <laughs> we are our own enemies and not allowing us ourselves to go get help. Mm. These conversations mm-hmm. and it has not doing it is eating us alive and we don't see it until it's already done. Or sorry, the damage has been done in another relationship that's been linked to the other things that we refuse to go get help on because we framed it differently. Yeah. We use a different lens to understand what this issue was or was not. Mm -hmm. So we never are able to get to it until all these other things have domino effect itself. Or now you got, you know, you know, exponential elements that you're dealing with that then go into generational things that now you pass it on to your son, you pass it on to your daughter, you pass it on to whoever. And now they're doing the same thing you had to go through, not knowing if I would have stopped and reframed it and asked for help, 
I could have went ahead and knocked this off at the root. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was so much in there. I could, you know, we're getting close to running out of time. I do want to ask you one more question. But one of the things that you said, I think, is actually metaphorically um, a way that God deals with us in life in general. And you mentioned about how it took your dad time uh, to get to the door. And he said, it takes me time sometime to get from the top level to the floor. I just feel like that's such a metaphor for sometimes how we don't always wait on God to answer the prayers that we have about right. different situations in our lives. And he's basically saying, I'm just, I'm coming, but I'm here and I need to have time to get to the level of your life. Right. You can open up to me. And that sometimes right. takes time. So don't right. think I'm not going to do it or come to that. So that was mm-hmm. beautiful to me. That's going to stick with me, I'm sure, with our listening audience for a long time. So so thank you for sharing all of that. I could actually have you on for a couple of hours. We <laughs> don't have that on Freed Up because, you know, folks listen to us. Right. It's like God freed you up and you uh, had to step into that and be right. obedient to that. Um, and use the your faith tools and professional um, support. And that's really what we want to promote on here. So as we close out, what is it that you would say to um, a man who's listening, a man or a boy or a young, a young man? What would you say to them right now for somebody who's struggling with you know, bitterness and anxiety and really fear as to how do I, I'm stuck and how do I get out of this? So like, what are just a couple of um, words of wisdom and advice that you would share? Well, I'll say, first of all, you're not by yourself. It's normal to feel what you feel, right? You're, you're not a, a alien. You're not, you're not weak. Um, this is normal. You are a human being. Mm. You're going through um, some type of trauma in your life. Uh, and, and it has effect on all of us as human beings. So mm-hmm. that's number one. So once you understand that, that you're not crazy, that that this is no different than any other person going through trauma. Now let's find help. Let's let's mm-hmm. put down the guards, put down, um, you know, these shields, you know, and say, listen, um, I do need help. Uh, let me find somebody I connect with. Mm-hmm. Let me find somebody mm-hmm. I preach to me that's going to let me share my story um, and, and listen. And so that's another point. Find the right person that you connect with uh, that's authentic, that's real. Uh, but you have to start with, with yourself. You have to be able to say, hey, you know what? I trust myself. I forgive myself. Mm-hmm. I'm worthy to have help. I'm worthy to have a great life. I'm mm-hmm. worthy to do great things as God put this into my, my spirit and my purpose. Um, so don't cut yourself short. Uh, be able to grab that identity based on who you are and what God meant for you to be. Don't rob that from yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of folks that can help you in that journey. And where you are right now is where you're supposed to be. So that's what I'll say. Yeah, good stuff. Well, thank you for coming on um, and just being so authentic. And um, I know there's somebody out there that all of this is resonating with right now. So, so grateful to you and for you. So thanks for being on. Absolutely. Freed up in the house. (laughs) Wow, Mike, thank you. That was a gift. Thank you for sharing from your heart. 
and sharing a treasure chest of wisdom from your experience in getting freed up. We know that the journey continues for you. And we're so excited about the path that God has you on and how he's using you to have exponential impact on so many others. Listen, I know this topic of forgiveness is really, really very sore for so many, but God has given us the gift and the power of forgiveness to give us closure. It is the way that we close off the areas in our lives that can keep us in a wounded place and in a stuck place. And right now, I just feel inclined to offer a prayer for anyone out there who is struggling in this area. Lord God, we come to you knowing and believing that you are able to do anything. You can do the impossible far beyond what we can ask or think. For those who think it's impossible to forgive someone who has hurt them so deeply, who's wounded them so profoundly, Thank you for the grace that you're pouring out right now for any person who needs to take that step to forgive someone who has offended them or wounded them or to ask for forgiveness for themselves from you or someone else. God, thank you for the freedom that's happening right now across this virtual platform, this podcast. Thank you for the journey that you've set each of us on. And thank you that you've told us that we can come to you when we're heavy and carrying big burdens and you will give us rest. Forgiveness is our gift of closure that leads us to rest. And we thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, y'all, I am so, so pumped about this series for men, and I hope that you are too. Definitely reach out and let us know how this is landing with you. I want to hear some of your responses and your feedback. You know that you can reach us at connect at freefilledfavor.com. Let us know what this series means to you. And listen, just to give you a preview of our next episode, I'm going to have a guest Brennan Steele, who is the author of a book called Breathe, a guided healing journal for Black men. I promise you, you want to hear this conversation. It's going to be a two-part series with Brennan. We're going to chop it up a little bit and have some fun, but we're going to talk business. We're going to talk the business of mental health and especially how we support Black men and Black boys. I cannot wait. And remember always, you do not walk this path alone. I'm walking right alongside you, along with all of our freed up friends and family. Know this, God loves you. I love you. And make sure you take care of you.